Here it comes, the latest people, trends, and news on sustainable living in and around our corner of the country. Down to Earth with Mrs. Green, Spotlight on the Southwest. And now, Mrs. Green. Welcome, everybody. You are listening Down to Earth with Mrs. Green, Spotlight on Tucson Medical Center. I am Gina Murphy-Darling, and I thank you for listening. And I want to do a special shout-out on my own to Tucson Medical Center for their support of Mrs. Green's world mission and vision, for being such an amazing community-owned, forward-thinking, innovative organization that is Arizona's leading medical provider in so many, many ways. And these podcasts have been highlighting just some examples. I mean, they go deep and they go wide. So there are many, many more things we're going to be highlighting in the weeks and months to come. But they truly are committed to being a part of the community and creating a healthier Tucson. And if you look around this city, you'll see their name associated with just about every event that you can imagine. They're major sponsors of El Tour. 5K runs, just small organizations, large organizations, they partner, they share information, and I am proud to have them as a partner with Mrs. Green's World. There you go. So joining me in studio, which I love to have in-studio guests, are Jessica Mitchell, certified car seat technician, and very rabid about it. I love it. She knows a lot, and we're going to find out just a lot of what she does know. And Dr. Melissa Zukowski, who is the medical director, pediatric emergency at TMC. And we are going to talk about something that should be near and dear to everyone's heart. Whoever had a child, knew a child, is going to have a child, child passenger safety. It's such an important topic and one which I know now needs constant promotion to create awareness. When I was preparing for this show, I'm like, are you kidding me? These statistics are daunting and troubling, and we can change it. And this show hopefully will change it. <laughs> Just listen and learn, everybody. So, Jessica, let's start with a very simple question. What is the difference between a car seat and a booster? Very different. So, it's pretty simple. A car seat actually has a five-point harness, and it keeps the child in place. So it positions the child so that way the child doesn't move in the event of a car accident. The car seat itself actually takes up some of the crash forces where a belt positioning booster or just a booster seat is just a seat belt positioning device. The actual booster seat does not offer protection. It actually just boosts the child up so the car, the seat belt of the vehicle fits the child properly. So they can see out the window. As a mother, I mean, I'm a grandmother now, and I remember they couldn't wait because they want to see out the window. They do. You put a kid in a car, and your only hope is that they're interested in looking what's out the window right. because they're they're restrained, so to speak. Yeah. They're actually protected safely is what we should say instead. So what about, um, we're going to talk about the booster. Is is that because there can be so many abuses for how that's in, um, how kids are put in there? But what are some of the best practices for car seat usage and boosters? So when it comes to booster seats, we want to look for kids that are at least five years old and forty pounds um, before they are moved into a booster seat. And it's both five it's years both. and forty pounds. Um, Booster seats themselves only have a weight limit. They don't really have an age limit, but we're finding out that kids, at least 13% of kids, are moved to booster seats prematurely. And 
their bot their little bodies cannot handle crash forces with a seatbelt alone. They need that five point harness of a car seat. And um, so a booster seat, like I said, we want that five year old forty pound because at five years old they're also able to sit still so that way the seatbelt will position on their bodies properly. So And it matters if they're it, yeah. it does matter. Just sitting them in the car seat and not buckling them in really is not going to work very well. So I, Dr. Zukowski, I'm hesitant to even talk to you about some of these things because I am sure you have seen quite a bit as medical director for pediatric emergency at TMC, but let's first talk about TMC has a set separate emergency department for kids, yes? We do, and we're very proud of that. Um, so we are a separate um, entity there at TMC. We're located um, in our own space just next to the adult emergency department. But as you come in off of Grant and Beverly, um, we have our own entrance, we have our own lobby and a dedicated pediatric emergency room. And we're quite busy. We see over 30,000 kids a year, ages wow. 17 and younger. So we're very proud of our department. We're a little department, but we're mighty. So it's 17 and younger. Uh-huh, absolutely. Okay. So we're completely pediatric friendly, which you is know, unique in Tucson. I can so see the advantages to the, that when I was preparing for the show, when I had kids, it's so intimidating to be in the emergency room. I am sure if you're a wee one, there's all these sick people. Usually there's a lot of things going on. It can be traumatic. People can be bleeding. So do you have a special opportunity to make kids feel they're in the kid zone? Absolutely. So we have a lot of kid-friendly um, opportunities within the department while you're waiting for your testing. We are very proud of our child life program. And so we have individuals that are trained specifically in child life. And so they have just distraction techniques um, for the kids. They give them video games to play, cartoons to watch, things to pass the time, and to make it less scary. That's right. It's, it's, and not being scary helps you heal. Absolutely, absolutely. You pass the time by coloring, and it's, it's, it's amazing. So I'm sure that you have, or I hope that you have, so I'm not putting you on the spot here on this podcast, <laughs> sure. statistics. I always love what the American Academy of Pediatrics has to say about pretty much anything probably because I usually agree with them, what they're saying about what kids should eat and on and on and on. So what do they have to say about transporting a, a child over five years old? Do they think it matters? They do think it matters. And as Jessica mentioned, it's in very, very important and for many medical reasons. So as Jessica mentioned, as you were talking, kids are most um, interested in being able to raise up and look out the window. Right. But from a medical standpoint and from a parent standpoint, we're actually trying to keep them safe and make those adult belts, which in cars are made for adults, we're, we're making those kid friendly. And so you're boosting that child so that that shoulder belt and that lap belt sit where they're supposed to. We want it snug across their chest and shoulders, not up in their neck or in their face. And we want that lap belt down over their pelvis and their thighs, not across their belly. Because when they do get into those accidents, if those seat belts are not appropriately positioned, that's when they run into trouble and it can be um, very serious. So I know that your specialty is pediatrics, but sometimes when I'm going on a long trip, I'm emitting this on air, I take that annoying seat that's across my chin. We have raised hands here. Some other people are coming clean. And I put it behind me. Not a good idea, right? Right, not bad, a good idea. Bad, bad, Gina. <laughs> bad Gina. <laughs> so we, um, yeah, absolutely. So that shoulder belt is is critical in children. So kids have a very immature pelvis, and so they can't lock that lap lock belt down um, the way they should. And we all remember being kids, and you want to be able to put your feet on the bottom of the car. You want to put them on the ground. And so they have a tendency to want to scoot forward. When you're in an accident, all those crash forces then come right against that improperly positioned belt. 
and can cause a lot of issues. Um, and so we want to definitely have that shoulder belt across and in a proper position. And there has been a slew, and we don't even have to comment on this, but there have been a slew of commercials lately. I've been watching a little more TV to keep up to the minute on what's happening in our country. Mm-hmm. And they have the extended leg pieces for mm-hmm. kids that I think is maybe a way to make it more comfortable. Absolutely. Make them more comfortable, you know, again, make them feel like they're, you know, up and, and boosted um, properly in a good position. But it's all about comfort, but it's mainly about safety. But we want those kids to feel comfortable so that they stay in, in position and keep that where they need to be. So I would think that you encourage, as a, as a pediatrician, encourage parents, this is what I, and you can disagree with me, isn't it part of a parent's responsibility to try to explain to a five-year-old why it's important without scaring them? I mean, I think education, the truth is scary, but you should let your kids know it's not a torture device. Right, and that can save your life, for heaven's sake. Absolutely, that you're trying to keep them safe. And I think, too, where we see booster seat drop uh, usage drop off even more is as you get older. So you become that seven or eight-year-old. They don't want it. They don't want it. They don't think it's cool. That's their right. friends might not be in it, which maybe their friends should. Um, but trying to show them, maybe you just get the booster that's just the seat part. Maybe it's not the one with the back. And so you're just boosted up, and it's not as obvious. But it's very important for their safety. But that's where we see it drop off. The usage drop off more and more is as those kids get bigger and bigger. They feel like they don't need it or they don't want it. I remember with my kids and grandkids, it is not cool anymore. Mm-hmm. And even as a grandma who's a very liberal grandma, it was like, it doesn't matter. Your life depends on this. So mm-hmm. you got to get in it, guys, and then try and make it fun for the trip because that's the role of a grandmother. <laughs> and so the American Academy of Pediatrics says over five, be in a booster seat. Is there, an, is there a, a weight limit? Like if, it, if, if a child is, you know, nine or ten and they're older, can they get out of it sooner? So perfect. So um, we actually, in the American Academy of Pediatrics, follow the height guideline more than the weight guideline. So height, uh, Got it. it's height. Yep, it's height, not weight, which um, a lot of people don't realize. But um, it's that um, four foot nine inches tall um, that they need to be over um, and by age as well before they should safely remove it. Okay. Okay. Another startling statistic. Did I know? I did not. People listening might say, you know what? How many kids die in car crashes? It's just not a big deal. If they're in a regular old seatbelt, what's the big deal? Let us tell us, Jessica, tell it like it is. It's awful. So we actually know that car crashes are the number one killer of, of kids ages 1 to 12. The number one killer. It is. Um, it's shocked me. It It's a big number. And 40% of children who should be in car seats are actually not. So we also have to remember that for the 60% of those kids that are in car seats, 80% of those car seats are misused. That this can is be, not good news. This is not good. It can be a simple misuse as the harness is not tight enough, the chest clip isn't in the right place. It can be a big misuse as the child's in the car seat, but the car seat isn't installed to the vehicle seat. Um, so they just put it in the car. So they just put, put it the in the car. the child in the five point. Correct. And then Hakuna Matata. Yes. A lot of the a lot <laughs> of reasonings that what? I've seen behind that one is because they have to constantly move the car seat from different vehicles. They just stop strapping it into the car. Um, the fact that forty percent of kids aren't even put in car seats, this is due to lack of education. So the parents just don't know. Um, it can be due to affordability. They just can't afford a car seat. It's also um, 
can be due to cultural beliefs or religious beliefs. So there's a lot of different factors on why kids don't use car seats. So we try to educate as much as possible to show parents how important it is to keep those kids in car seats. So a religious belief that God will protect Some them? Some believe that God will protect them no matter what. And, and there's physics a piece of this usually overrules. The parents, that's why you have parents, because they're supposed to protect their children. That's yes. the responsibility. So, But those cultural... Um, obstacles have to be respected and permeated to go through them and educate people as to why that's not necessarily sound yep. reasoning. Um, so, so yeah, so we, we just make sure we at least get the education out there and then the parents, they get to make the final decision. So let's just say that again. First of all, 40% don't use them. Of the 60% who do, I'm trying to do the math here, 80% yes. are installed incorrectly. So you can say that 8 out of 10 car seats are improperly used. Whoa. And I will tell you this, because I think it's funny. Last week, I was helping a friend, and this was the same thing. We were putting her kids' car seats in my car. It was a rental. And I got so frustrated that I just left the car seats there and waited. I said, wait till your mom comes out, because it is a pain. And you have to, And I knew that there was a correct way to do it, and I wanted these kids to have it done right. But you, as I was not the parent, but you're right, moving the car seats, it's really annoying but one in 12, you've got to be kidding me. That's a horrible statistic yeah. about how many kids are killed. That, that shocked me. Number one, that's it, number one killer of children ages 1 to 12 in the United States. What do you see, doctor, <laughs> of things, <laughs> the kinds of injuries, either from an improperly um, installed car seat or, I, I mean, I think you need to tell us the truth about what can happen so that parents and grandparents and friends and neighbors that are listening, this could happen to your child, someone that you love dearly. Absolutely. So um, so first we talk about um, the shoulder belt not being in the right position. So if that's up around your head and Big neck, you can me. imagine that as you have that force coming forward um, in a car accident, you can have a lot of head and neck injuries. And um, you know, mom sitting in front of you, the back of her seat becomes a problem because now you're 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 kind of flying forward in an accident in a way that you should not be. And as we all know, kids have large heads compared to the rest of their body, and still a very immature neck and spine. And so that will um, oftentimes um, cause them to to come forward and can be very detrimental. Um, and then the other part of that is then again the lap belt. So um, in the '60s, a term that was coined was called seat belt syndrome. So if you don't have that belt down along your hips and pelvis like you should, it comes across your abdomen. And so as you again fly forward in a car accident, that belt comes across your belly and can also hurt your low spine as well. And so kids can have liver injuries, injuries of their spleen, injuries of their bowel, um, you know, which can land them in an intensive care unit, and if not worse, become one of those. St- um, great and statistics. these are for kids wearing the car seats that are, aren't in right. Can you imagine exactly. how a parent would feel? I thought I was doing the right thing. I didn't learn all the details mm-hmm. of it, and now look at what's happened. Absolutely, I absolutely. Just don't think it can't happen to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I see car crashes out there, we're talking a second, not even three seconds. Everything's fine, and all of a sudden, boom, and everybody's life changes. That's what I think when I go absolutely. past an accident. There's yeah. tragedy in people's lives today. And then I'm sure more severe things. Do you see kids that have severe permanent head injuries? Do you see kids that are um, ever, you know, quadriplegics or paraplegics? I mean, I think you need to tell us. That's what this absolutely. show is about, the absolutely. hard, cold facts. Yep, absolutely. So that abdominal trauma is can be very significant and very severe. Um, but it is. It's the head and neck trauma that's the most significant. You know, permanent, permanent brain damage, you know, we talk about. 
um, traumatic brain injuries um, a lot. Those can happen, concussions, um, and then those spinal cord injuries, which mm -hmm. can be, if not deadly, very, very detrimental and, and change your child's life forever. And it is forever. It is I mean, forever. Spinal cord injuries are still, my brother was a quadriplegic and they never, they have never learned how to put that pace back in the spine. Unfortunately it's not. It's just that they, you know, our doctor describes it as, it's like toothpaste. It just comes yeah. running out yeah. and the spinal fluid does not, you can't just close it up and put it back in. And that's, I mean, I know we're talking more specifically towards booster seats, but that's why um, the American Academy of Pediatrics is pushing for parents to keep their kids who are facing longer is because of those spinal cord injuries and parents will always come to me and they're like, well, my child's legs my child's feet they're touching the back of the vehicle seat they look you know uncomfortable but i always tell parents i'm like it's so much easier to fix a broken leg than it is a broken spine so we didn't touch that we should touch that for infants what's the age limit i remember having to put my kids in the <laughs> car seat facing the rear of the car which seems so counterintuitive but you just put a little thing up for them to play with and give them some cheerios <laughs> And you just have to clean out the car. So why rear-facing, and when do you get to turn that around? So one of the big things is using a rear-facing car seat actually reduces the risk of death by 71%. And the big reason is is because when you have a child in a rear-facing car seat and they get into a car accident, it actually keeps their head, neck, and spine in a straight line. They don't have those crash forces produced onto their spinal cord injuries like a child that's forward-facing. And like Dr. Zukowski said, um, when you turn a child forward-facing, they've got those bigger heads compared to their so bodies. So disproportionate to yeah, our bodies when we're little. Because they're yeah. still growing. And so when you've when you've got a child in a, in a forward-facing seat in a car seat, car accident, their heads are thrown forward and they've got so much weight put onto their spinal cords. So that's why, you know, you see those spinal cord injuries. And so the longer we can keep a child rear-facing to let that spinal cord mature, let their bodies mature, it's just going to reduce the amount of injuries that that child's going to see. Almost no forces are put on that child. The car seat takes up the majority Absorbs of it. it. When you turn that child forward-facing, now they're going to have crash forces on their shoulders from the harness. They're going to have the forces on their necks. Um, and yes, having them in a properly um, restrained car seat, even forward-facing, still reduces death by 54%. But 54% versus 71% rear-facing, I mean, I would rather go to the casino with that 71% chance of, <laughs> of winning. I'm with you, babe. I'm with you. Maybe right after the show, versus we can go the play 54. the odds. 71. So what about, can a child actually die if the car seat is not installed properly? Now, I don't mean ones that's not attached to the vehicle. You know what I mean? Which you don't even put the car seat in, which, come on, people can't just have a free-floating car seat <laughs> is it is do you know of if there are cases where a child was in a car seat improperly restrained and resulted in death i don't want to feel like dr doom on this show but it to me it's like an urgency a cry for help for the children as adults step up let's protect so, our children so yes there can be results of death um i don't know of a personal story okay um but the there can be results of death with improperly using a car seat because a car seat, when you've got the harness tight enough, you've got the chest clip where it needs to be, what it's doing is it's keeping that child from moving in the event of a car accident. When you don't have the harness tight enough, you don't have the chest clip, um, the child's one going to move. So now there's crash forces being put on their bodies that probably shouldn't have been, or it's being put on areas of their bodies where it shouldn't be. Um, there's... Um, the probability of the child actually being ejected from the car seat if the harnesses aren't tight enough, the chest clip's not where it should be. Um, so there's there's 
lots of chances that yes the child could die um or the child's going to have more severe injuries than they should have in the first place so careful to practice safety yeah. and know what you're doing and, and i just yeah, repeat and, it repeat it repeat it know how to do it and unfortunately like you said we don't want to be the the show of doom but even doing everything a hundred percent right you can have that car seat and right you can have that child in right the car accident can be bad enough that the child could still go. Right. But I mean, there's, that's got to be a really bad car accident. You minimize every risk. Yeah. Unless it was, like, crushed. Um, and you have to remember, again, that the seat must meet the appropriate height and weight specifications for the child. Don't think you're doing the right thing without making sure you're doing the right thing. Okay. This is what I want to know. Are there penalties? There is a seatbelt law. Do you have a sense about law enforcement? Tell us about what's going on in terms of law enforcement with seatbelts and infants. Let's start with infants. Okay, so when we go to car seats, so Arizona's car seat law is that a car seat must be properly used for a child under the age of eight and four foot nine. Under the age of eight? Under the age of eight. Okay. So when they turn eight years old, we do not have to use a car seat according to law, but most eight-year-olds are not four foot nine. They Most kids don't reach that four foot nine height limit until they're somewhere between ages 10 and 12. So we are working on educating parents that even though the law says you don't have to use a car seat at the age of eight, that it's the safest for the child to use a car a booster seat um, to make sure that seatbelt fits them properly. But the nice thing is, is that in Tucson, we have over 100 car, certified car seat technicians. Tucson Police Department has the largest number of car seat technicians within their own agency. And so they know what they're looking for when they're out seeing these kids not strapped into their car seats right. And yes, it is a primary offense, so the police officers can pull you over for that alone. But I know that most of the officers want to educate the parents. They're not out there to give them the tickets. Right. It's the good cops. Yes, they're, yes. They want to educate the parents, um, make sure that they take the right classes that they need to take so that way they can learn how to keep their kids safe. So that's our biggest goal. And you have classes. We do. We have so lots of classes. So tell us about classes. I mean, it's it's. I'm sure they're free. Or I would assume they're not free. It'll tell us. So, so invest in your child's future. Who yes. cares if there's a charge? So if you are pulled over by um, law enforcement and you are given a citation for improperly using a car seat or a child restraint, you can take what we call children's our priceless passenger class. It's a cat class. It children are priceless, priceless passengers. passengers. I love it. It is a diversion program, so instead of paying your $50 to $250 um, fine, fine you pay $35, you get the education that you need to keep your child safe, and okay. you receive the car seat to keep your child safe. And the reason we... What a gonga. Yeah, the reason we did this <laughs> is because a lot of people that were getting pulled over that did not have a car seat was, again, they couldn't afford it. So how are they going to be able to afford this... 50 to 250 dollar ticket plus buy a car seat when they already couldn't afford the car seat in the first place so that's why we came up with a diversion program um up in maricopa county they started at first through the governor's office of highway safety it came to pima county it's in pinal county and i believe it's in santa cruz county um but it works with the court system so they take the class they have to take proof back to the the court saying that they took the class the fines are waived, and now they've got the education they need. They've got the car seat their child needs. So hopefully that. What a way to have the law work in our favor that doesn't sound punitive at all to right. me. It's not a penalty. It's right. an opportunity to educate and to get your kids in 
the car safely. Yeah. And it's really um, amazing to me, like I said, when you see the impact of those car crashes. It's scary. And little kids just get thrown around like they're a cotton ball. Yeah. Geico, I mean, Geico also offers a similar class, and theirs is completely free, and it's education. So it's about an hour and a half class, and they get a free car seat at the end, too. That's so. amazing. So they're offered. And, you know, there's a, there's a great list that you have that I would like people to know about, and there's going to be a new um, link. But if people want to know, I think we should say this a couple of times, Jessica has very willingly and generously offered, if you have questions about there are many, many agencies around Pima County that have car seat technicians, certified car seat technicians. Isn't it worth it? Like people spend hundreds of thousand dollars on their kids' college or class trips or whatever. This is time that's so well spent. And her email is jessica.mitchell, common spelling, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L, at T-M-C-A-Z dot com. And she has lists, and I looked at the list. There's at least 20, if not more, places around the city that you can go to and go to a certified car seat technician. What about, rumor has it, are there really free booster seats out there? So there are free booster seats. So Geico actually sponsors Booster Booty, which is a program offered through Tucson Medical. Booster Booty, I'm loving all these (laughs) I'm loving it. Booster Booty, that's a a hashtag for Mrs. Green. (laughs) It's offered through Tucson Medical Center. It is by appointment only. The child does have to be five years old and at least 40 pounds, but we do give away free booster seats. Um, So if anybody needs information on that, they can, I will, they can email me and I'll share that information but yeah there are lots of resources in Pima County to get parents either car seats or booster seats that they need I am feeling so blessed that my youngest grandchild is 12 because there were times when they came to visit I'm saying it don't do this don't do this do not do this where they didn't have a booster seat and I'm like oh come on you know he's six years old let's just put him in the back seat trust me for my children that are going to still have children it will never happen again because you just don't understand the incredible risk that it can be and i i'm it's a lot to think about really a lot to think about absolutely what about the website let's talk about the website i would like to do a shout out to tmc because tmcaz.com if you go on that website first of all i wish i had a website like that (laughs) hint hint first it's beautiful it's interactive it's friendly it's user friendly you can find a lot of information out about that and there's a lot on that website about infant safety and car safety and your department and it's very encouraging to see that absolutely absolutely it's got a lot of great resources people should definitely check it out and easy to find and it is for people that are going to the library easy to to find and easy to navigate so that's that was the goal Mm -hmm. big shot big shout out and also if you want to know what's going on with TMC, talk about an active Facebook page. It's Tucson Medical Center, and there's, a, you know, it's it's an event a day at TMC. It's unbelievable. Twitter, TMCAZ News. What else? Is there anything else that in my passion to make this really profound and important and have people listen that needs to be added? Um, so there's actually Safe Kids Pima County. So we're part of a global organization that our number one mission is to prevent injuries in kids. Um, and so we do have a Facebook page, and it is just Safe Kids Pima County. We I constantly update it with good tips, good advice, and we cover anything from child passenger safety to bike and pedestrian safety, water safety. I mean, anything that we could think of, there's fire safety, medication safety, anything where we could potentially prevent a death in a child. 
You know, it's kind of funny in my world that we really do pay a lot of attention, and rightly so these days. The statistics are actually quite encouraging about drunk driving. There's a lot of education that's been out there, and kids are doing better from what I know. I just heard something this morning at my my group that I go to on Tuesdays, and it was very encouraging to hear that some statistics are actually better. Yes, but, but now we're finding out that car better. crashes are the leading cause of 14 to 19-year-olds because they're texting and driving. Texting. So even though drinking oh. and driving is going down, texting and driving is going up. A threat to our world. It is, I would say, for my husband, his number one pet peeve. Sometimes when we're going down the street, I, when he's driving, I'll, I'll look and I'll say texting. I'm just looking at the drivers, texting, not texting, texting, not texting. And, you know, it's great to bring that up because the person texting could hit the kid that's in the car seat and stalled him properly. Mm-hmm. It's all part of the same big bad world. Yep. And, and every one of us, my friends and I, we talk about it with each other. You're tempted. It's so tempting. Put your car, your phone where you can't mm-hmm. get it. Put it in your um, purse. Put, put it in, in your back purse seat. Because nothing is so urgent. Remember, we got, we survived as human beings before texting. And us as parents, we are the role models. Our kids will see us doing it. Therefore, they think they, it's okay for them it's to do it. Such a good piece of advice. And I'm glad we kind of wove that in, Jessica, because it's all connected. I cannot believe it. And that. that goes for wearing our seatbelts, too. Would not wear their seatbelts. Like I just, to me, it's this automatic. Is breathing. I get in the car, and if I ever get in a car where they don't have one, I'm a wreck. Like in a taxi. Everybody, this was a great show. The time flew. I can't believe we have the music. December third, Yellow Nas- Yellowstone National Park preserving a national treasure. Heather White, love her. And the next down to Earth show, T Van Hook, our friend from Habitat for Humanity. Thanks for being a part of Mrs. Green's world. And you too, thanks for what you do. Make it a great green and safe day, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.